Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He helps actors get what they want without suffering. He's helped 542 actors find representation and counting. He's known as the Representation Whisperer. His coaching clients include Tony Award winners, Broadway stars, network series regulars, filmmakers, writers, stand-up comedians. He's led workshops at SAG-AFTRA and universities across the globe. I want to welcome Brian Pataka to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really glad to be here and really glad to be connected to your community and be able to share, hopefully share some, some wisdom today. Appreciate that. Well, I'm sure you will. So that's why I wanted to have you on because I know the biggest problem for actors is, is finding representation, truly. I mean, listen, I coach actors and and I give them all the tools that they need. And I, you know, I, I build them up and I give them the confidence and I tell them how to outwork, out prep, out choice the other actors, how to come and play and leave a piece of their soul behind. And I can teach them all this stuff, but then it comes to finding the right representation, you know, and I've helped many actors find representation through my, my relationships, you know, sending out, but I can't, I have so many students, I can't find everybody a rep. So finding out that there's somebody out there like you that, that guides, you know, actors to find representation, I thought you're a perfect fit for the podcast. So tell me, tell me what you do. So, you know, I think I love what you just said, because I wish that it was so that you could just be a great actor and that representation would just follow suit. Like it would be that easy, right? They'd be like, you're fabulous. You're, you're working on their craft. You're great. Reps are excited. They're knocking on your door and they're banging down your door and asking you if you'd be their client. And it, and it just doesn't work that way. And so I love what you do, Billy, because I think it's so important that actors do have a space when they're in an acting class where they're not thinking about that part of the business where they can really, like you said, bring their soul to the work, do the deep work that they want to do, then be the actor that they want to be without having to worry about the outside pressures. And then have that playground be that space to really work on their craft. And then separately from that kind of like, okay, now how do I look at the business so that they do, you don't have to be the person who's everything all at once to them, because that way they can really come to you with a full whole heart of why they were called to being an actor in the first place. I think that is so important. So what I'll say is I, I was working with a lot of actors and I, and I kept seeing actors who were frustrated, spending money, spending time on trying to chase auditions because there's this one of the many myths that I think float around the business is you have to get credits before an agent's going to care about you. And you have to have a certain kind of credits before an agent's going to care about you. So go chase all the credits. And so I saw so many actors like spending money on workshops or battering down, trying to batter down the doors of casting directors and get in the, into their offices and get credits that they think, well, if I get that credit, then an agent will care about me. And then I'll get to audition for the stuff that I want to audition for all the time. And it's like putting yourself inside of a Russian doll after a Russian doll after a waiting room, waiting room, waiting room before you actually get to do the thing. So I was hearing, seeing all these actors just, you know, chasing credits, chasing credits, chasing credits. 
And then, and then, and if they're not chasing credits and I see actors chasing a reel, like I got to have a reel before an agent will care about me. So I got to work on my reel and I'm going to go try to do a student film or I'm going to try to get this credit. And then I'm going to chase down the footage and I'll get a reel together. And then there's another waiting room of before I'm allowed to have representation. And we all know that there are just some auditions you're just not going to get without a manager or an agent or both because they're at a certain level. Casting directors are going to managers and agents first. And so I was like, I don't like this game that we're, we're buying into, that so many actors are buying into this idea that I have to have their credit or I have to have their reel. And so I started to work with some of my clients and notice that like we could like get around these old stories we were telling ourselves if we approached it from a place of making the managers or agents who we were connecting with via email, uh, like reaching out to them via email, if we were reaching out to them in a way that we would make them fall in love with what's next for you. So what I mean by that is I think a lot of actors, you know, we have a tendency to reduce yourself to what you've accomplished so far. So I booked this, I, I got, I, I, I booked this, I got this job. This is my resume. This is everything I've done. Well, you and I both know, Billy, that like you're way more capable than what your resume shows because you've auditioned for things where it just went to somebody else because they look different or they were taller or whatever, it had nothing to do with how capable you are. But many times I think when we're approaching managers and agents and the dangerous part is I think this sometimes becomes the conversation we have actors can have with themselves is my resume equals how good I am. And we know that that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, what if we were able to retell that story in the way that we reach out to managers and agents where we are having them fall in love with the potential of what's next for you? Because I believe if you, if you get a manager or agent to fall in love with, you know, your receipts with what you've accomplished so far, well, then they're going to, kind of think of you in that space and like, let's just keep doing the same thing as opposed to here's what I've accomplished so far. And here's what I believe is next for me. And by presenting yourself in that way to a manager and agent, it gets a manager and agent to say, oh, I'm falling in love with your future as well. And so now I'm going to get you to go to the next level that you want to go to anyway. Now I know saying this, it sounds like I'm making it sound super simple. And the truth is, you know, I did a bunch of interviews with managers and agents before I worked this out to say like, let me talk to you about what you really want when you're hearing from an actor. And the number one thing they said, so I want everyone to like, stop multitasking, write this down is, do not sound delusional when you reach out to me. We want to know that an actor knows where they stand in the business. And I think most times when you reach out to manager and agent, you kind of puff yourself up or you can end up making yourself sound really good. You want to sound like, hey, my career is going great. Don't you want to get on this moving train and move along with me? And the problem that with that is that it's not true or you wouldn't be reaching out to a manager and agent. You can't say my career is awesome. Do you want to get on board? Because when you say that to a manager and agent, you're saying, I kind of don't need you. But if you want to get on the train, you can. We have to make space to say, here's what I've been able to do so far. Here's what I know is next. Here what I, here's what I believe is next for me. And that's why I need your help. That's why I need that space. So creating, I like to call it, this is the gap you create for a manager to agent to know if, do they identify themselves as the person that can help that specific career? And part of what it also gives that manager or agent is a way to say, oh no, I'm not right for that that actor. Like if you can, if you, when you write, I work people through a five-step process to write this kind of an email, this kind of approach. It's, I'm not going to be able to give all that too, but to give you a real sense here is when you really write this email in a way that presents this to you an act and a manager agent should be able to say, oh yeah, I'm not good for that person. I can't do what that person needs. And I just say like, we want people to say no to you. We hmm. need them to say no, because the last thing we need is for you to get a middle-ish yes. Yeah. I think I can help them. 
And then you end up with an agent who you're afraid to leave for two and a half years, who isn't really and doing anything for your career. All of us know actors in this position. Mm -hmm. And it's because things didn't get started in the right foot because nobody was really like into it in the first place. So that's kind of, that's, that, that's kind of in a nutshell, why, why I think this approach works is because it makes the agent self-identify themselves as I am a good fit for that person. And it makes the actor show up really vulnerably and saying, here's what I've been able to accomplish. Here's what I haven't been able to accomplish yet. And here's how your job, here's what your job would look like if you worked, if you, if we worked together, kind of, of course, there's a whole way of you presenting your materials and all that stuff, but that's why I think it's really worked. I love that. I, I feel like you need to come into that room or come in saying, listen, this is, this is what I've done, but this is where, this is my vision. This is where I, I see myself. I want to do more feature film work. I want to do more one hour drama. This is what I want. And I'm having trouble getting into that door. And I need you to be able to get me into that door. Because if you get me in that door, I'm going to book that room and we're going to make a lot of money together. I mean, that was truly my attitude when I dealt with ages was like, listen, I, I, I didn't, I didn't give them all the power. A lot of actors give them all the power. They put them up on a pedestal, like, oh my gosh, they're, you know. And for me, I, you know, my attitude was like, you're working for me. Yeah. You, know, you, you gotta yeah. do, you, you, I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah. You, you wanna make some money? Get me the auditions, the good ones, and I'll book those jobs and we'll make some money together. So oh. that was always my attitude walking in. How can you help me get to where I wanna go? Yeah. And if you yeah. can't, guess what? Next. Yeah. And you know, also, I think it's so important too, because we have to remember, we also want to not think of our manager or agent as like an audition ATM, because mm -hmm. they're a person who cares about the work sure. they're doing, or they wouldn't do it in the first place. Right. So that what you're just saying is like enlisting them in the vision that you see for yourself without, again, without being delusional. Right. So I think it's sure. important that we don't say like, I've never booked TV in my life. And I'm sitting in front of you saying that I believe that my next job is going to be series regular. Now I'm not someone who doesn't believe that's I do believe that that is possible, but there's a way to say that to someone in which they understand that you understand the business, which mm -hmm. can say, look, my vision is heading towards series regular. That's where I want to go. I get that we might have to play the game together of me getting a few credits here and there to be that that's where I want to land someday, but that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm looking for someone who's on board with that kind of vision with me. It is totally okay to say that. And I think people should say that kind of thing with an awareness of saying, Hey, I understand the business. That way the manager agent doesn't go, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Like that, that they're, they're delusional. What they don't know how they fit in the business. They're brand new. Like, because then it's saying I have vision and I get the business. And you just need those two pieces matched together mm -hmm. so that a manager or agent can feel like I won't, because remember, they want to feel like they're going to succeed with you. They want to feel like that client's going to be so happy with me as their rep. And if we can believe into that idea, they want to be able to say, oh, cool, I get that vision. And I believe that that's true for them as well. So I read in your bio that you're a reverend. I am. Yeah. Gosh. So can you tell me a little about that and yeah, how that yeah. you know affects you working with actors? Totally. So I'm a non-denominational reverend. So no dogma, no doctrine, no religion. Uh, I'm studying, for those of you who might know it, A Course in Miracles, which is not Very a religion. Yeah. Uh, it is a, I would say it's a psychological, the peacocks are calling to us. It is a psychological <laughs> mind training that uh, just believes that uh, love is real and that fear does not exist. Fear is Love an emotion that. that we experience. And so what it does in my work, the way it really affects my work is I bring a positive and generous assumption to every relationship that I am in. And I want every actor to do that as well. So meaning when you have, let's pretend you got into a sticky moment with a manager or agent, and you're like, I feel like I'm not getting any auditions or I don't think they're getting me. I'm going out for roles that aren't right for me, or I don't think they're seeing who I am. 
instead of saying they're wrong for not seeing who I am, or they're not doing their job, or they're not getting me auditions, I'm going to bring a positive and generous assumption that is, what if I can imagine they're doing the best that they can in this situation? Mm. So the conversation looks a little bit differently. It sounds a little bit like, hey, so I've been looking at my numbers and I see we're getting me like, we're getting like two good auditions a month, which is really awesome. Of course, I'd love to see those numbers go up. What do we think is going on? And actually, is that what you would expect? Or would you expect a different number to be there? So that instead of it coming with like, I should be getting more than two auditions a month. What if the manager's like, I've been sweating it to get that person two auditions a month. And that's the best I feel like I can do. And you're coming in saying you should be doing better. Sure. We have to be really aware of like, I think you're going to have a much more powerful conversation when you come in with a positive and generous assumption. And it doesn't mean you won't leave that meeting and go, oh yeah, they're not doing a good job. But when you come into that meeting, you are so much smarter. You're so much more aligned with what I would say as a reverend and the truth of who you are by not being in judgment of them, that you'll make a better decision when you leave that meeting. I always like to, I steal from Oprah all the time. Whenever I talk, whenever I'm talking to my students about going to a manager or agent meeting, I always say, steal from Oprah, make no decisions in the room. So you may be going to an agent manager meeting and you have this question in your mind, should I work with them? 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 You're asking the question nonstop while you're in the room inside your head. When you're asking that question over and over again, you're not actually able to be present. You're a little bit on autopilot. You're looking way into the future. You're not being with that person. So I say what Oprah says in her big meetings, when she's presented with new, new information, she always says, instead of making a decision in the room, she just says, well, I'm a prey on that. And so I always steal from that, which is when you're in a meeting, you are not there to make decisions. You're there to collect information. So collect the information, be a sponge that is present and not asking the question about, should I work with this person? The moment you walk out of their office or you get to their car, you can go, whoa, yep, not working with that person. Or I don't think I should work. Like you can ask the question, but when you're in the room, by taking the question out of the room, I think that you're become such a better observer as to what this person's human nature is like. Because yes, we want this person to believe in you. Yes, we want this person to believe they can get you auditions. Yes, we want this person to like you, sure. But you could have like the best resume, the best credits, be have the best headshots, everything's perfect. You could have everything in place. At the end of the day, that manager or agent wants to have a good feeling about you. And you want to have a good feeling about them. And that doesn't come just from the perfect things on a piece of paper. And I think you write off that beautiful gift you've been given as a human being, that intuition, if you are asking the question before you're able to just be present with a number person. So that's one of the ways I would say that the, like, the spirituality kind of enters into the work that I do. The more profound one I would say, Billy, is that you know I believe that if you're an actor, you are called to doing that. So it is your purpose on this planet. So I believe it would be selfish for you not to pursue your acting career. I believe it is your responsibility to pursue your acting career. It is your job to pursue. And it is like, and so the selfishness though can get really sneaky because you could get selfish by sitting with a target list to managers and agents you're going to stare at for a year before you finally reach out to them. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to be acting. Your purpose is not to think about representation for go hire someone like me or someone else to help you get representation. So you don't sit around thinking about because you need to be acting, right? Like your job is to act. And I always think, you know, a lot of times an actor will come to me or one of my students will come to me and I'm coaching them. Let's say, you know, I'm really like not feeling good about this and no, no, and I'm not and like, my career's not like they're, they're down. And my first question is almost always, when is the last time you acted? Mm. And the, almost inevitably it ends up being someone who's taken a break from acting class 
or they're only acting in workshops or they're only acting in auditions. I was like, well, you're spending very little time aligned with why you were brought to this planet in this time period anyway. It is no wonder you feel out of sorts. So we can dress up the outside of your career all that we want to right now in this coaching while we're together. I could come up with a bunch of steps for you, but I suspect this feeling isn't going to dissipate until you get your butt acting a few more hours a week. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that is the place where your biggest time, money investment is always in. Am I acting? Am I acting? Am I acting? And yes, I would love it that that's always you're booking a job and you're on a set, but we know as actors, there's going to be times when you're not working. So where is that class like Billy's? Where is the class like yours, right? Where you are there and you are there to execute on your purpose as an actor, to be continually looking at yourself as an artist. I always think of like Van Gogh did not say, I'm going to paint this painting because I know that one day everyone's going to think I'm the greatest artist in the world right? No, I'm going to paint this painting because I'm compelled to paint today. I need to paint. And so, mm-hmm. but if we sh- shut off that, that conduit that's been given to us by something greater than ourselves to act, then we are shutting off that, which is on our nature. And so you're going to feel out of sorts. So that's another way that I think I really relate to this in terms of my, my background as a, as a, as a reverend. Yeah. Love that. I, I truly believe that, you know, if this was, this talent was given to you, it's a God given gift. It, you know, other people get other talents, other people can sing, other people can, you know, paint, other people can do that. But if it was given to you, this is your talent. This is your God given talent. And it's your obligation to shine that light and to know that have faith that this was given to you for a purpose, that this is what you're here to do and step into your power and know that there is nothing wrong with you, that you were created a masterpiece. And if you can come into a room, any room, whether it's a talent manager, an agent, an audition, just to shine my light, just to play because I deserve to be here. I'm worthy of it. And it's my time. And I have an audience and I love acting and I'm going to come in here and I'm going to shine my light all over this place. And then it's not about getting the job. It's not about, it's about me playing and having fun and making big choices. And, and, and you can walk out of that room confident that you've done your job. That's it. You've done your job. It's not about getting anything. It's, it's about giving. How about if you came into a meeting and it's just the light within me is coming to say hello to the light within you. Beautiful. That's yeah. it. It sounds a little woo woo, but it, it, I know for a fact that it works. If you're in your head, you're dead. When you're in your heart, you're smart. If you're coming from your light and shining your light, there's a different vibration to that. You know, there's, you know, that's like moths to a light. They're attracted to it. They don't know why they're just more attracted to it. I think that's a little cherry on top of, you know, okay, yeah, you want to work your craft. You want to do all these, make big choices, but how about coming into the room just in your power, standing in your power. And this is my time. This is play time. I love acting. I'm going to hear to act. And thank you very much. Yeah. I love that. I always you know, say like, what, what can I, the two questions to ask is what can I contribute or what can I add to a situation? Yeah. Right. You're Instead doing them a favor. What can I get? Yeah. You're yeah. doing them a favor. You know, a lot of actors come into the room going, please, please like me. I hope I get the part. But you know, I, it's like, you're welcome. <laughs> After you <laughs> yes. see me, you can tell everybody else to go home. <laughs> you know, I love that. I've done your job. Yeah. You know, when, when do we go to work? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the attitude, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I learned that on my very first audition, my very, very first audition when I came out to Hollywood, it, I came out at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket. You know, oh I didn't know a soul out here. I, I ran out of that 200 bucks real fast. That was yeah, like, for oh, sure. that was at the Universal Motel. I was like, what am I going to do? Oh, well, I got to find an agent. I have to find an agent. That's what I said. And 
I got a list of agents from, the, this is 1984. There is yeah. no cell phones. There's no GPS. This is a right. map, a Thomas guide, you know, and, you know, a bus. And I literally went through the A's, you know, walking down Hollywood Boulevard, El Centro, oh knocking on yes. doors, doors slamming in my face, get lost, you know, B's knocking on doors. And I went down through the A's, the B's, the C's, the, and I, no, 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 no. But failure was not an option. I didn't have a plane ticket back. Right. You know, they say you want to take the island, burn the boat. I had no boat back. I knew I had to get an agent. So I kept banging on those doors. And I banged and I banged. And I finally found an agent at Y, the Yenes oh Talent gosh. Agency. So now I walk into this agent's office and he's, you know, rinky-dinky. You know, the first time I met him, he pulled out a, he, in his drawer, he pulled out a little bottle of tequila. He said, you want a shot of tequila? Oh, my God. <laughs> And he had a stack of Polaroids with girls with their breasts hanging. And oh I was like, God. I was literally walking out the door. I was <laughs> like, yeah, forget, you know, and as I'm walking out the door, there was a, there was a TV series that I used to watch as a kid called the fall guy with Lee majors. It was about Hollywood and stuntman, And, you know, I grew up watching him on the $6 million man. So I used to love this show. And I used to see myself vision myself doing that. I said to myself, I'm going to do that. And as I'm walking out the door, he says, uh, wait, 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 there's an audition for a show called The Fall Guy. And I went, The Fall Guy? I said, you get me that audition, I'm going to get that part. And he took a Polaroid picture of me with my shirt on, and he, he got into casting, and he got me the audition. Oh, my God. So now I, I'm living in Van Nuys at the time because I, I had no idea about California. <laughs> there was a room right. for rent in Van Nuys. So I have to take five buses to 20th Century Fox. And I get to Fox and there I am in the lobby and all these actors with the leather jackets trying to look like tough guys. And I, I, I found it amusing, you know, and the character's name was Billy. And Billy was a bully who was bullying other kids to deal drugs. So literally, I walked into the lobby and I, I, I had a diamond pinky ring that said Billy. And I, I put my fist in every one of the actors faces and said, what does that say? Billy, that's me. You can go home, <laughs> go home. And then I got into the room with the casting director and, and the scene was, I'm threatening this kid. Let me tell you something about me. I'm either going to be your friend or your enemy. So it's up to you. But I didn't know any better. And I literally grabbed the casting director out of her chair and I started like, you know, saliva. Oh my God. She said, time out, time out, time out, time out. She goes, number one, she goes, never, ever, ever, ever put your hands on a casting director ever again. I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's my first audition. I didn't know. She goes, number two, she goes, you're not leaving town, are you? I go, no, why? She goes, because you got the part. Oh, my God. She goes, but you can't tell the other actors in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy, but you got the part. I said, okay. Oh I walked out God. into the lobby. I said, go home. She told me I got the job. <laughs> so it's literally like I stepped into my television set. Yeah. And I was there on the set working on The Fall Guy. You know, that's yeah. why I truly believe there's a power to having a vision and seeing it. I visioned that. I planted that seed when I was younger. And then it came to fruition because I believe that I can do it. And then I went after it with a vengeance. I wasn't going to take no for an answer. And I made that a reality. Yeah. But, you know, that got me my SAG card. That got me, paid me money to survive in Hollywood, you know, and it got me going. But the valuable lesson I, I truly learned was it's, it's what did I do in that room? I made that casting director feel something, okay? The given circumstance of the scene was I was putting fear into a kid. I put fear into that. I asked her, I said, why'd you give me the part? She goes, you scared the shit out of me, kid. <laughs> and I, a light bulb went over my head. I was like, wait a second, that's it. That is your job as an actor, to make them feel. Whatever the given circumstances in the, in the scene is, to make them laugh, make them cry, scare the crap out of them, whatever it may be, that is your job, okay? One... When I walked into that lobby, I owned the lobby. 
I, as far as I was concerned, I was Billy. These guys didn't have a chance. Well, how do you do that as an actor? Well, it's the work. It's the choices. It's the, you know, knowing when your character's from, the backstory, the war, you know, he's you know, a product of an environment. Where did he grow up? All that stuff. So you will walk in the lobby. You don't have to say a word to anybody. They're going to see it. They, all your choices are there. They're going to, oh, my gosh, that's the guy. Oh, my, you know, it's those choices that, that truly make you own the lobby. And then go into the room, make them feel. And then walk out confident. I don't care if you had the worst audition in your life. I want you to think, wow, man, I just rocked this room. Because that behavior, if I'm a casting director, and I see that behavior, I'm going, oh, he did good. Because your behavior is telling me he did good. So, you know, that's a, that's a tool that I've used over my career and many, many auditions. And I booked many, many parts. And it's truly about one, outworking, outprepping, outchoicing the other actors, really knowing more than, you know, more than the writer who wrote it. Because the writer wrote the backstory you did. <laughs> You know what your character did last night because you did a private moment exercise. You know, you right. bring in the wardrobe. The, you, know, you, you know what your character has in their pockets. I guarantee you the other actors don't know that. Right. You, you know, you ask them, hey, Joe, what's your name? The last name. I don't know. Didn't say so. He said Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you yeah. do. You know, and it's that work that gives you that confidence to walk in a room and own the room. I'm bringing the character into the room. I am the character. You know, they don't want to meet Billy. They want to meet the character. Show right. them the character. You know, make some big choices. I'll shine your light all over that room and mic drop. Thank you very much. Have yes, a great day. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, that's what I teach my actors and my actors are booking jobs all the time. Yeah. You know, I love that. But I, the, love that. I really love that. I really love the leaving the room with the confidence. Cause I think that's really important. Cause you, you tell them, I just did a good job. You, you, in case you didn't see it, I just did a good job that I know that I did a good job. There's something about that. That's really powerful too. I love that. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's your words are very powerful. What comes out of your mouth, you know, you got to be careful to plant the right seeds in that room, the right words in that room. You know, if somebody says, how you doing? You go, I'm good. You know, traffic and my dog just died. I I don't really give a fuck. I just want to show me Joe, show me the character, show me that, you know? So how about I'm amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Ooh, amazing. You just planted an amazing seed in my brain. You yeah. know, that's, you know, plant some awesome freaking seeds. You know, what are you, what are you up to? You know, uh, you know, you know, when I give you that, uh, that question, well, what have you been doing or what are your, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm working on my crap. I'm in an acting class. I'm working on a scene. I'm shooting a short film. I'm doing, you know, wow. You're planting awesome seeds. This is a working actor. Right. Right. right, right. You know? I love that. So, the, love so, that so it, but you know, once again, the, the, the biggest thing I see for actors is, you know, whether they're just starting out in the business or they've been in the business or maybe they stopped and then they're coming back to the business is, is truly the biggest hurdle is finding that right rep- representation. So sure. what would be your advice to somebody just starting out in the business? They just came out and they, they, they want to become an actor and they just don't know how to get an agent. Sure. I'm going to make, I'm going to make an assumption about this person that they know how to act so that we don't have to make it be about the person who needs to just get into acting class. Let's assume they've been in acting class. They just don't know how to do the business piece for yeah, a second. Yeah. Right. So first things first is quit writing yourself off. I think tons of actors say there's a certain, like, there's this false, like, I need to be ready before I can reach out to representation. There's, and I'm like, who, who's going to tell you you're ready? Is there some secret who I would like to know who these people are that are going to say, by the way, here's your, I'm going to mail you your graduation letter. that says you are now ready to reach out to representation <laughs> because there's this, uh, there's this idea that like managers and agents are this monolith. They're all, this is what they are all looking for. They are all exactly the same. They want this kind of an actor. They have to have these kind of credits. They have to have these kind of headshots. This is what, this is what they all want. And what I want to say to an actor is, you know what? You're right. There are managers and agents who, when you are someone who is new to the business, who doesn't have credits, they're going to say, yeah, you're not for me. And you know what else there are? Managers and agents who go, 
I love a developmental client who is brand new, who hasn't been introduced to a bunch of casting directors, who needs help in their career, who needs someone a little bit beside them, who's going to help them figure out how to do some of these things. And what, what actors tend to do, I think, is you put themselves all in the same categories. Actors who are working all the time, or fresh actors have gigs all the time and are booking all the time. I need to be there before I can have representation. The first thing I want to say is don't write yourself off and be okay with not every manager and agent in the world wanting you. You don't need every manager and agent in the world to want you. You need one. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do, and so that's the first thing I would say. The other thing is rely on your work to get you manager and agent, your acting, not on something else. So what I mean by that is I think a lot of actors, they, they try to puff themselves up to look a little bit better. Like I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that, which is maybe a little bit of the story you're going to need to share with a manager and agent so they understand what your background is. But rather than relying on how you can talk about your work, why aren't you showing me your work? So there's no actor out there who can't make a self-tape, I don't think, at this point. And so if I'm able to see you do your thing, that's going to help me go, oh, yeah, I love what that actor does. I can help them. I, I want to get that actor more work. And remember that a manager and agent loves actors. We have to have an imagination that they love working with actors and they love what actors can do and they love telling stories. So I always say, make sure that you're leading them to watch your acting more than you're leading them to look at your resume, Mm -hmm. more than you're leading them to just read about you. So how can you make them see you? So that's whether that's sending a reel or that's sending a couple self-tapes. That's one of the ways that I want to make sure that you're, you're guaranteeing that you've hooked a manager, and agent with your work. So if you're in that beginning place, work on getting evidence for your work. I say that this business has always been, has, this business has become more evidence-based since the pandemic. So let me kind of explain what I mean by that. So we were already doing self-tapes before the pandemic happened. People were already having, asking you to send in a tape for this audition or whatever. But since the pandemic, it is like most of what we're doing. We see some more in-person auditions now, but we still see a lot of self-tapes, right? And so instead of you saying, hey, I do comedy, I'm the casting director. I'm the manager and agent. I'm going to say, show me, let me see the tape where you're making me laugh. And so what that means is I think actors need to be able to have evidence that shows you can do what you say you can do more than we need you to say it anymore. Now we just need to say it. So you could be the actor who has zero comedic credits, but you've got a great tape of you doing some comedy and the actor has got a buttload of comedy credits. And if I see the tape of the guy who's making me laugh, I'll call that person in or I'll book that person before I'll book the one who shows me that they've done comedy in the past because I see that they are doing what I need them to do. So I just want everyone to really put their, their, their thinking caps on around here to go, great. It's not about looking at a piece of paper. It's about seeing me do the work. So to that beginner, I want to say, do you have a few self-tapes that show you doing the three things that you do really well, whatever genres those are, whatever types of characters those are, because that's going to be what we want to unlock for representation is using that. The other thing is, do you swear on this podcast, Billy? Do you ever say bad words on this podcast? Yeah, I say bad words. Yeah, so target lists are BS, everybody. So this might be different from what you've heard from Billy. So I just want to know, I'm going to contradict Billy if I'm saying something different than what you've heard in the past. And that's okay. We don't have to agree all the time. But I will tell you that I believe that a target list is a way for you to play small. Here's why. You have no business thinking that you know anything about any manager or agent in the business, unless you have had a relationship with them. 
you're cherry picking information based on that one actress in your acting class who gets auditions all the time, or your one friend who gets auditions, or your person you did a showcase for three years ago, or they went to your college, or you did some random looking at the black hole that is IMDb and you tried to get a little information about them. A target list is BS because you know nothing about the people you put on your target list. You can fool yourself into thinking you've crafted some beautiful, awesome, incredible target list when it comes to managers and agents. But what you're actually doing is you're engineering small risk because it is vulnerable to reach out to managers and agents. And so to protect yourself, you're saying, well, if I reach out to only 12, when I don't hear back from any of the 12 people, at least that will hurt less than Mm -hmm. reaching out to three times that many or five times that many people. So one of the things I really want to just advocate for those beginning actors, and what I mean by beginning is someone who's first stepping into reaching out to reps for the first time, is letting go of doing a bunch of work on the target list. Rather than that, put all that energy into writing a killer email or getting some help writing a killer email. Put all that energy into those incredible self-tapes so that you're really putting some skin in the game and letting them see your acting work. And guess what? If you reached out to let's pretend a hundred people and you heard back for none of them from none of them, and you really put it on the line with your tapes and you really put it on with your email, guess what? You might need to go to those tapes and go, Hey, coach, acting teacher, someone to help me. Billy, was my work not as good as I thought it was on these tapes? Because I reached out to a lot of people. And since I reached out to a lot of people, at least I deserve the willingness to look at my own acting to say, maybe it is my acting that's not up to par. Great. And then you have help from a really honest position. Instead of going, it's about the business. The business just doesn't understand me. I don't know how to do this. And falling into that cul-de-sac of lack of inspiration around the business when you're really looking at who you are being inside of your craft. But that, that you don't get to do that when you reach out to eight people on your target list because you haven't cast a wide enough net to really have a, a sense of, is my work landing when I send it out there? So that's kind of like, so the advice for the, the beginning person in the business is one, don't write yourself off. You're ready for a manager and agent if you know how to make a self-tape and you've got good materials put together. Two, get me evidence of the work that you can do. Don't just rely on your resume or your school you went to. And three, cast a wide net. Don't stay into some target list where it's not truly allowing yourself to be seen by people. Those are the three pieces that I'd start with. I think that's great advice. I mean, it's, it's kind of you know, what I tell my actors all the time. First off, you know, this is what I learned coming out, you know, and it's a little cliche or whatever, but you know, you're a product, you're selling a product to Hollywood. If you don't know what you're selling, they don't know what they're buying. Okay. So you got to know what you're selling. I mean, I know for me as a young actor coming out to Hollywood, I knew what I was selling. First off, I studied. I studied at Lee Strasberg. I did my first play at the actor studio. I came out and I promoted myself like I was the next Brando Pacino De Niro. That's, you know, I was my own cheerleader. You know, I was like the greatest thing ever, you know, move over. You know, that's how... You know, I, I literally, when I found out about these things called breakdowns, they, they would deliver an, a manila envelope in front of an agent's office with all the roles. I yeah. found out, I used to steal them. <laughs> I used to yes. go take them, I go to Denny's and I'd become, you know, I was my own a- manager, you know, I was submitting myself. Oh, this is perfect for me. And then I go to the studio with, you know, my manila envelope going to delivery for the casting, you know, <laughs> and then I'd walk into casting and I'd tell them, I, I just snuck in here, but I, yeah, I, I would love to, you know, read for the project or, you know. I'd get to the gate and the security guard would say, sorry, you can't come in. I'd, I'd walk around the gate. I'd climb the wall, jump onto the lot. You know, you can't do any of that now. But, yes. but that was how relentless I was in the pursuit of, you know, making the dream a reality. Don't tell me I can't do it. I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. And, and I truly believe that you have to have that, 
that hunger, that drive that I'm going to do this and know exactly what you're selling. What is your castability? Okay. Yeah. If you have the ability to cry or you have the, you're comedic or you have a special skill, whatever that is, that's your star power. Well, let's narrow it down. Let's figure out, okay, this is you. This is what your star power is. You know, like I know what I was selling. I was selling a street kid from New York. Yeah. That's what I was selling. And yeah. guess what? I booked all every, every criminal kid, you know, <laughs> I played all those roles, you know, and I made a career playing all the bad guys. Great. Awesome. And then I, you know, became all the good guys, the cops, the Marines, you know, yeah. but I knew what got me into the door. You know, I, I did a series with Matthew Perry, okay, uh, called Boys Will Be Boys. It was back in the early 80s. I helped start the Fox Network. You know, there was ABC, yeah. NBC, and CBS. I was one of the shows with 21 Jump Street and Married with Children. We started the Fox Network. Now, when they were casting that, they were looking for a surfer dude from Venice Beach who had a parrot on his shoulder. That's how they described my character. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I grew up watching a character named The Fonz. You know, he wore yes. a leather jacket. He drove a motorcycle. He was cool. He snapped his fingers. The girls came running. That's how I saw the character. So what did I do? I brought in the leather jacket. I even played up the New York accent. I, I, I brought in The Fonz, right? Yeah. And they, I served it up and they went, I said, yummy, yummy. You like that, right? And they went, mm, that tastes good. Yes. And they gave me the part and they rewrote the show. And my character lived above the garage, like the Fonz. And I drove oh a motorcycle. And, I, I, you know, it was a, a total, the, they, they wrote in the star, the Fonz of the 80s. I love Why? It. Because that's what I sold them. You know, I was working out, you know, I had the abs. and we, I was selling teen heartthrob. Well, guess what? I was on the cover of teen beat, uh, hunk of the month. I beat Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt out. I love but it. That is what I sold them. Right. I knew what I was selling and that's what they bought. So what I tell actors is you got to figure out what your cast ability is. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you don't have that, those, that stuff, that book, that show, whatever, you know, a lot of times you do that co-star and you're like, you know, you got a half a line, a line there. It's not, it really doesn't truly show your talent. What if right. you say, well, I see myself playing a police officer. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, let's find you a nice meaty monologue where you're playing a police officer. And when you, you everybody's got this cool little device in their pocket, you know, especially these new cameras there. I mean, I, I got the expensive cameras. I shoot with this thing, my iPhone 13, the, the footage, the, you know, it looks great. So if you light it right, you frame it right, you do the work and whatever, it's a solid piece of footage that shows, oh, wow, this guy can be a cop or this guy can be, uh, this girl can be the, the head chila, whatever it is, the cast, the role that you see yourself getting cast will create that. Yeah. And have that piece of footage and put it together a, a strong little demo reel that you can do by yourself. You don't need to pay $3,000 to somebody to do it. Find those pieces of material, get yourself a solid piece of material. And like you said, go knock on a shitload of doors, go get some yes. no's because every no brings you closer to a yes. And I know yes. that personally because I banged on those doors back in the day and I kept banging and I kept getting the no's, but eventually somebody said yes. And all you need is that one person to say yes and get you in a door. And then the magic yes. happens, you know, the universe aligns and that yes. right role comes along and you're coming in the room and you're shining your light. And it's like, Oh, that's the guy. Boom. Well, that's the girl. And, yeah. you know, that's how you become a working actor. Yeah. But, you know, I can, I can, there's some, there's the X factor, right? You know, I can teach you how to act. I can teach you the business, you know, it's show business, but I can't teach you how to have that hunger, that drive, that, 
relentless pursuit of this. I'm going to get knocked down. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And, you know, get some no's. You want no's. No's are a good thing. No's mean you're in the game. Get some no's. And I think a lot of actors can think that a no means you did something wrong Mm -hmm. or you're afraid to end up on some weird blacklist that doesn't, no one's keeping a blacklist of you. No (laughs) No one cares about you that much. I'm sorry to say. But like, we have this idea that like, if we get it, if I get a no, it means I did something wrong. And like, Get some no's, you know, don't be a jerk, but get some no's because it's like you said, if you're what I believe is if you're not getting no's, then it means you're not making yourself clear enough for a yes to emerge either. You need, if you're getting no's, that means a yes is coming. If you're not getting no's, if you're getting silence, I always think silence is a bad sign. Silence means you didn't really do anything. You kind of didn't, you didn't sway me one way or the other. You left me in the position of being confused or not wanting to make a decision. So I really want, I love it when actors get no's because it just lets them be so much more freer and ready for their yes. Sure. You don't know. You got to get, you got to guard the gates of your mind. You got to put a big ass bouncer at the gates of your mind. And with that little fearful voice and that noise and the blah, 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 tells you not this, that, that, or what I should have, would have could, but I didn't. That's all noise. If you can guard the gates, truly guard the gates and know that if I come into that room and I'm here to play and I'm here to shine my light and I've made some big ass choices and I'm being vulnerable, truthful, whatever, you know, I'm leaving a piece of my soul behind in that room. It doesn't matter if I got the part or not. I made a fan. That casting director will remember me. And that casting director will bring me back another time, another time. And I know for me as a young actor, there was one casting director, April Webster or whatever. I had read for her. And I rocked the room and I felt great and I didn't get the part. So I was like, uh, I was a little bummed out. You know, it was a good part. And, you know, a month later, my agent calls me up and says, hey, there's, you know, April, there's another thing. Uh, she knows my work. She's seen my demo reel, whatever. Uh, go in anyway. I go in anyway. I rocked the room. I feel great. You know, don't get the part. Now I start creating a little story in my head. She don't oh, like yeah. me. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's a big story that I create, right? Another call comes in. April Webster's off. They want to bring you back in the room again. I'm like, I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) I'm like, I I was like, how many, how many, she's seen, she knows my work. She, you know, I'm not going back in, go back in. I go back in the room. It's for Jerry Bruckheimer's first foray into television. It's a series Mm -hmm. called soldier of fortune. I go in and I land that part and I'm at the rap party on the intrepid in New York city. And I asked, her, I said, you know, I thought you didn't like me. She goes, are you kidding me? I loved you. She says, those roles were, I, I wanted something better for you like this. Yes. And yes. I was like, what? I had yes. no idea. I created a story, you know, yeah. in my head totally. that she didn't like me, but it was, it was not that. So be careful actors out there. You know, if, if you don't get the part for whatever reason, don't create a story. Like I'm not good. I'm not worthy. I'm not, it's got nothing to do with that. You just, your job is to go in there and shine that God given light and have faith and, you know, go play and you've done your job. You're my, 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 I have a client, Amanda, who she booked her first series regular role. She was my client and she was like, this office doesn't like me. They only call me in for co-stars. They won't ever see me for anything else. They won't, they just, they, they, they called me in for a bunch of co-stars and then they've never called me in again. That was actually the journey. And I, I was like, I think you just need to stay in touch with them. I think it's just about you continue to put in the work and like, let's just keep going the auditions. And then when she finally booked this series regular with that same office, they go, oh yeah, we didn't want to call you in for anything else until it was big because we were so obsessed with you after we saw those couple of auditions you did. And so you didn't hear from us because we were waiting for the right thing to call you in for. We're so glad it was this. Yeah. She was like, oh yeah, I'm just being a dipshit over here. (laughs) Stories about these people. And so to me, that still goes back to, if you're going to have a positive and generous assumption about someone, they love me. They haven't found the right piece yet. Right. Like, you know, and I, and I, I think it can be, 
when you're auditioning all the time, it can be hard to feel that way because you're like, well, nothing's sticking right now. If you're not having a moment of like a season of not anything sticking, it can be hard to do that. So I love what you said. Like you got to have that bouncer at your mind that says like, yeah, that thought, that thought doesn't get to come in here. That thought, yeah. thought about them not liking me. That's you don't get to have a home over here. Yeah. I truly believe that you being a reverend, I believe that in this business, success is a spiritual game. You got to be in the right alignment. You got to really truly know that this is your purpose and this is your path and this is what you're supposed to do. And if you can come with faith over fear, you know, it's a truly powerful place to come because, you know, I I deserve to be here. This is my God-given gift and I'm going to go shine that light. And that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. so I know for me, I come from, I had a rough childhood, you know, abusive, alcoholic parent, you know, there was a lot of abuse. If there was a checklist, like everything that could go wrong with a child, I check all the boxes. Okay. So, so I had a lot of stuff, but there was a lot of stuff that was put in a lot of fear, a lot of stuff. So, so the little Billy, you know, likes to get into big Billy's driver's seat. And of my life, but he doesn't know how to drive. He's a sabotager. <laughs> he crashes. He's, he's fearful. He tells me these negative thoughts. And I got to constantly check him at the gate and go, no, I'm not this voice. I am this, this power, this light, this, this is who I am. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. I am, this is my power. So it's a, it's a, a daily practice, a morning routine, getting up and starting my day in gratitude, you know, really, truly going through all the beautiful things I'm grateful for. And then, you know, going in and instead of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying some bad things about yourself, you know, beating yourself up, you know, how about you say you're awesome? You know, I love you. And, you know, maybe, maybe you you go take a cold shower, you know, when that little voice is going, no, we're not getting in there. You go, shh, we're not listening to you. We're going in that shower right now. And how about you give yourself an affirmation in that shower, you know, something, an incantate, like I am fearless. I am confident. I'm successful. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm love. I'm light. I'm whatever it is that you put after I am. And you breathe into that and you step into that and you come from that. It's a powerful place to, to really start training the super you, the powerful, the confident you, the, the, you know, the, the beast, the warrior, the gladiator, that person that shows up to auditions instead of that little voice going, you know, the small, I'm not good, at, I'm not worthy, you know, that, that, that bullshit voice. Yeah. And know? I always think that that bullshit voice is, is, it's a part of you that doesn't know how to talk with, doesn't have a lot of language. Cause usually the bullshit voice says like, you know, one of three things, you're not good enough. Everyone else is doing this. Why do you think you should do this? Like, it's like, it's got three tracks that keeps running over and over again. It doesn't have a lot of language. Yeah. And I always think of it as like, that part of you is trying to say to you, I really want this really badly and I don't want you to get hurt, but it doesn't know how to say that. It just says, why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. Everyone else is trying to protect you from something. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say like, you can, you can say, okay, I know that voice is happening. I don't have to be mean to that voice, but I can say, I'm not going to give you the microphone today. I understand you're trying to take care of me. I'm going to do it a different way. Thank you so much for trying to remind me, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes I think in our, in our darkest moments, it can be hard to, it'd be hard to pull the, get yourself tough up here, right? It'd be hard to like use that voice with yourself. And it can be, sometimes you need to be like, Hey, I get why you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Like to to acknowledge it. Right. Like I get why you're, I get what you're trying to say to me. And I understand that it's like when a baby cries, you wouldn't slap a baby and say, stop crying. You go, let's see, does the baby need to be burped? Does the diaper need change? Does it, does it need a bottle? What is it? So you're trying to figure out. So I always say when that voice is saying, you're not good enough, you go, what are you actually trying to say? Oh, you remember what it was like when I didn't get cast 
as the lead in high school. And I still am pissed off about it somewhere in part of me. And you are worried I'm going to feel the same way. Oh, I appreciate you worrying about me. Thank you so much. Look, we're going to do this different this time. Thank you. I remember that too. And so you just kind of can like, uh, thank it's for it's what it wants to say to you, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't know how to say it the right way. Sure. Um, and if you can relate to yourself that way, that way you don't have to, I believe, orphan off the parts of you that are trying to reintegrate inside of you. The part of you that are going, I still remember when you were so butthurt when you didn't get that part mm-hmm. or when that cast actor didn't call you back. And so that it, you can go like, ah, I do too. Let's try to heal that together instead of keep yelling at that part of myself. Yeah, so no, I, I think that's, I think what you're, I think you need both of those two parts of you. One absolutely. where you can shut it down and one where you can say, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. You so what I, what, what I tell little Billy is, is I, I go, okay, I take him out of the driver's seat and I, you can sit over here. I love you. Yeah, let's put yeah. a little seatbelt on you. Here, have a little ice cream. You're okay. You're safe. Nobody's going to hurt you. I got you. I got your back. Yeah. But I'm driving the bus. Yes. And I love, yeah. you know, I really love the, actually really love the analogy of the bus. I use it in my own work too. I love the analogy of being in the car. Because if you ever think about when you have to, you have to pull over to the side of the road and be like, okay, what is your problem? Why are you screaming right now? What is your, what's your deal, little Billy, right? You have to like, stop. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You actually have to go. You need some attention. What is the attention you need? You can't just keep telling shut up because that's when you have like a day where like the day feels horrible because all day you've been just yelling inside of your head. Mm-hmm. And then it reminds the reason why I think that the freeway or being on the being on the road is such a good analogy is because you know you have to like ease back onto the road. You can't just be like, and now we go 100 miles again. You kind of have to like reintegrate yourself. Okay, great. You're chilling out. You got your seatbelt on. I'm going to drive now. You kind of have to be like, okay, now I'm going to move back into my day. You kind of have to like bring yourself it's not a switch i don't think and so I, I just love that analogy yeah and i you know for me it's also like okay here's the rearview mirror okay and that's the past right and all the stuff right yeah. now i can't drive my car of life looking in that rearview mirror because yeah. i will crash yeah. okay? <laughs> and i already so, did that i don't want to do it again can we do something else this time yeah yeah, yeah. so i know okay i i have to be here now in the present in this moment right here the past is the past can't change the past the future doesn't exist all i have right here is this moment the present and truly be present and i truly believe for actors that that's the key to being a, a great actor is to really being present being in the moment really listening reacting just being here not in your head but in the moment and being present and treating it just like that like a present like a little kid you got a present on christmas and you unwrapped it and you played with it that's all we have is this moment right here and this moment right here and this moment right here every second that ticks by just be in the present you know i know for me i've dealt with depression and all that stuff because of my past and i dragged my past those heavy baggages with me as an actor. And I thought I needed that stuff. You know, this makes me a better actor. I got all this stuff. (laughs) Right. Got a lot of shit, a lot of pain, you know, but that's heavy baggage, man. It's hard to get where you want to go carrying around all that shit. So you got to let go. You got to let God, you got to free yourself. You got to know who you are. You're not, your past does not equal your future. You got to know that this is, you have true vision of this is what I'm going to do. This is my path. This is my destiny. This is God-given gift. This is where I belong. And just have faith in that. Truly know that this is your journey. And and there's going to be ups and downs. And there's going to be rejection. There's going to be all that stuff. But, you know, as long as you're playing full out and you're coming from your heart and shining your light, then you're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, reminding ourselves of that that certainty that you are meant to do this can often give us a, a bit of courage. 
to take, make the hard choice, to say yes to the thing. It gives you a different level of confidence to know no matter what happens, I am called to being an actor. So the actions I take, it's not that they don't matter, but like I, I, I can be a little dangerous here. I can say yes to that a little bit scary acting class, or I can invest in this particular headshot photographer, even though I know it's a little bit more money. Or I remember when I first signed, when I first came to LA, I had a really successful commercial career when I was in, uh, I'm not an actor anymore, but when I was in New York, I had a really successful commercial career. So when I came to LA, I had a bunch of meetings with a bunch of commercial casting offices. And I remember when uh, Innovative offered to sign me for commercials, I was like, well, I don't know if I can do this. And I went through this whole story in my head about it. And I was like, oh, you're afraid to say yes because you're afraid of being with a big name because you've made some story about that's not something you'll ever deserve to be with a name of like that on your career. And so I had to really like, no, this is the determinant of the path you're on. You can rely on, yes, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. We don't know if it'll be a perfect match anyway, but you can at least say you can rely on your, this is the path you're meant to be on. You can say yes to the abundance that's coming your way. Um, so it works both ways too. I think sometimes we think that we're, we're really good at navigating like the stickier situations. Sometimes I find actors when they get a bunch of choices, when they'll get like 12 offers for representation, which happens, like they're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I didn't expect it to be like this of having to make a choice. I have to choose my abundance. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's another place where we have to rely on, like you're determined to be an actor. You're not going to make a misstep here as long as you keep living in that certainty. Love that. So social media. Yeah. Right. What do you, do, you know, actors, I know actors think that they have to have so many followers or, you know, and I, you know, I would listen to me. I, I've never been a social media person. I, I, I got to stop saying that because now I, I am doing social media because I was never that, but I know if I want to touch as many people's lives as possible, I have to have this platform. I have to have this podcast. I have to have to be able to have the reach that I want to have to touch as many people's lives. But, you know, I know for me as a producer, you know, I've, I've sat with, you know, another producer and we're reading actors and whatever. And I, I you know, I'm directing this project, too. And I, I'm like, that's the actor. And then the producer goes, well, she, uh, Instagram is she only got so many followers. And and uh, I go, I don't care. That's the actor. And no, but this one has 50,000 followers. You know, I want to go. And so, like, we literally banged heads because I want to go with the better actor and the, you know, the money people are going, well, let's go with the, the, the followers, you know, yeah. and I've been in that situation. So what do you, what do you tell actors as far as like social media and how to approach that or reaching out to casting agents or, you know, what's the, what's the best way to approach that as an actor? Well, a couple of things first, I think you have to remember, like you do need to exist on social media so that if you're in a callback or an audition situation and someone decides to look you up, that they can look at your profile and go, oh, my suspicions about this actor are true. I mean, I look at their profile. I understand that they're an actor. So we still need to be able to be, able, you have to exist in social media somewhere. So I would say like Instagram is the place most people are talking about when it comes to this. Certainly we could go look at you on TikTok or something like that. But most people are saying, what's their handle on Instagram? I want to go look at them. So I think if I look at your profile on Instagram, I better be able to tell you're an actor. So mm -hmm. that's like the first nine photos that we see before we scroll. If one of those is not a video or a headshot or something that identifies this person is an actor, that's a problem. When it comes to the follower game, that's a whole different situation though. I think that comes down to like, you're either going to be, I am an influencer who's getting tens of thousands of followers, or I'm competent at this thing. And if someone goes looking for me, they will know that I exist there. I think it is wrong for an actor to go, I'm going to put all of my energy into becoming super social media famous. That's definitely not the way to run an entire career, right? I think that if you have the resources energetically, financially, to invest in really doing a good job with that piece of 
as one of the tools that you want to have in your arsenal, great. But unless you're going to become, like I said, tens of thousands of followers or more on Instagram, it is not, you're, you're, you're competing with those people or you're competing with no one. You're like in the level of everybody else or you're become you're in the higher echelon of people. So to me, it's the presence or it is, I am becoming this other thing as well. And in my experience, it has never gotten in the way of any of my clients getting representation ever. If you have some juicy TikTok background and you've got a bunch of followers or something's gone viral there for you or something on Instagram has or on YouTube, we're going to use that when we're talking to managers and agents. But I've never had a manager or agent say to a client or not sign someone because they say, well, I didn't have enough of a social media presence for you, so I can't work with you. So that hasn't happened when it comes to representation, at least. When you're talking about casting, I can see how someone might have that be part of their decision-making process. But the way that I often see this cookie crumble is either you're like big time or you're like one of the normal people. That's the experience I've had so far. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's really important that actors, I love what you said, make sure that it says actor and show your talent. This is an opportunity. If you have a special skill, let's say, oh, I'm a surfer. Cool. Show yourself surfing. Or, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I can play that cop. Well, where's that little piece of footage of you playing a cop? 30 seconds, you know, and it looks great. Wow, that's a cop, you know, or I'm a military guy. That's a military, like really show your castability on your social media. Don't have pictures of you taking shots with your friends or, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I may look at that too and go, whoa, do I really want to hire this actor? Are they going to show up on set, uh, you know, on time or, you know? So make sure that whatever you're putting out there is, you know, we're truly putting your best foot forward, shining your light, going, look at this as me as an actor. This is what I do. You know, yeah. I've had plenty of actors that have they've gotten into the door, like through the SAG, you know, gotten their SAG Taft-Hartley because of their special skills. You know, I play basketball. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a surfer. I'm a skater or whatever. And I'm looking to cast a skater for my McDonald's commercial. And all of a sudden you, I see a little video of you doing a, you know, one of those moves. I'm like, wow, this, this guy, this guy can skate. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, put that stuff out there, show your talent. If you can play an instrument, you sing, whatever. Cool. Put that up there too. And I get, and you know, I get for a lot of actors, this can be a little bit annoying. Cause they're like, yeah, but I just want my social media to be my personal da da da. I'm sorry, you've decided to enter an art form where your body and your soul and your personage is part of the art, okay? So that means you do have to think of your Instagram and your stuff is a little bit more professionally than some of your other friends who, who might have a random ass job. So you do have to think of it as like, this is one more place where I am using the palette of the colors that I paint with as an actor. So I do need to show myself there is in a professional-ish light, I would say. So you've been on this journey for a while and you've had, you know, a lot of different elements of it, you know, as a reverend and, you know, as an actor and now helping actors find agents and stuff like that. What is one golden nugget, a takeaway from, you know, your years in this business with that, that advice that you would give an aspiring young artist, uh, you know, about following their dream? Well, you know, I would love to say, I want to give this to everyone, even the non-young ones, because I actually mm-hmm. say I work with quite a few actors who are not young, who have oh. have their own certain kind of baggage that they bring to this, to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sure. like I took a break and I don't know if I can come back to it too. And here's what I'm going to say. I think that it is your God-given right to act. So meaning like we've talked about, it's your purpose to act. And so what I, what I don't want, what, what is the, the advice that I want to give is the business is not against you. The business is for you. The business is created because you are meant to be acting. So if you ever find yourself relating to the business in a way of, I don't understand it, 
I, it doesn't like me. It doesn't understand me. I'm not getting work. You know, they use this thought. I'm not in recovery, but I know people who are. And there's this phrase that they use in recovery, which is your own best thinking got you here. And so I always say, if your own best thinking got you to the place where you think the business isn't working for you, or you think that the business is hard, or you think that your agent isn't understanding you, or the business isn't understanding you, or you don't know how to get there or whatever, your own best thinking got you there. And it is to be willing to ask for help to say, Billy, I need help with this. Do you know someone who can help me with X, Y, Z, right? Someone in your class says that, or who are people out there who are helping actors with the business in this particular way, because I need help with this. So the willingness to ask for help so that you can say, my own best thinking got me here. I need someone else's thinking to get me out of this, this cold as of that I'm stuck in where I'm continuing to think the business is really hard. So it's relying on that. It is your God-given right to be working. It is your God-given right to be in this business. So the business isn't working against you. So if that shows up, it means something is off. It means I need to get somebody else in here to help me not have this perception, not be so stuck, not be so stuck in a place where I'm not moving forward. So, you know, I always say to actors, please don't quit. Please don't quit. And oftentimes, unless you're called to something else. So like for me, I was acting for a long time and then I was getting in a bad mood whenever I'd get an audition, which is the opposite of <laughs> what you should feel. You should feel really excited about it. I got in a bad mood every single time because I knew that it meant I was canceling my sessions with my clients. I had to cancel a session with my client to go to, go to set. And I was like, oh, something is wrong here. Oh my gosh, I like coaching more than I like acting. That's what I'm called to. All my acting background is a part of that. Great, it makes sense. But if that's not the journey you're on, if you're just bucking your head against something, it's bring somebody else's thought system inside of it. Help somebody else be a part of it. Help, ask for the help that you need. And the reason why I say that is I find so many actors who I'll meet with who said, you know, yeah, I did it for a while. And they said, it didn't work out for me, da, da, da. And then they'll start to talk to me a little bit about what they were doing inside of the business. And as someone who my entire existence, my, my purpose in life is to understand the business piece of this and to help actors get what they want without suffering, like how you started today. And I hear what they've been doing. I go, oh, well, yeah, of course you were doing that because that's what everyone was doing at the time. And that doesn't work. And, and I just hear places where I don't want to call it mistakes, but possibly some missteps that weren't really giving that actor the potential to really step into their calling, right? And some, and some I, I do believe everything happens under the right timing and things happen for a reason and all those things. And maybe that actor is being led to the next thing that they're meant to be led to. But I really want to say, if you are feeling frustrated by the business, do know that there's another way and do ask for help. Now, I truly believe that if we change our story, we change our life. You know, yes. what is the story that you're telling yourself? You know, it's, Oh God. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's, and there's a lot of power to that. It, it really looking at it and changing the story, you know, and knowing that this is where you're supposed to be and you're on the right path and it's going to be rocky and it's going to be bumpy, but you know, you're on the right path and it's a journey. It's not a, you know, listen, I've been, I've been blessed. I, I achieved the dream. You know, I had, you know, I came out with 200 bucks in my pocket. I've made, not to brag, but I've made millions as an actor. You know, I turned that 200 bucks into millions of dollars as an actor. And there's not a lot of people that can say that. Yeah. But you know, that when I, when I was at the, you know, that place where I had all that stuff and, you know, the material stuff and the loft and the thing and the producing the movie and the star and I'm right. And I was like, is this it? Like there was something missing for me, you know, even when I had my series, you know, and I was, I was like, something's wrong. And I truly believe it was for me, it was, 
I was trying to prove people wrong my whole life. Everybody I told my dream to, they poo-pooed it and they said, you laughed at me and told me it couldn't be done, you know? And it starts at childhood. You know, when I was 11, they were making a movie in my neighborhood. I got bit by the bug and I got a little extra part. And I mean, that, you know, I told my mom, 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 you know, the big, the guy, the casting director gave my mother his business card, you know? And I said, call him, call him, call him. And she didn't call him. So the little boy created a story. My mother doesn't believe in me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Blah, 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 blah. But the reality of the situation is my mother was gorgeous. And this guy was more interested in my mother <laughs> than me. So she was a streetwise Brooklyn mom. And she knew that. And she didn't want to have anything to do with this guy. So she didn't call him. But the little boy created the story. And then, you know, in school, in elementary school, and I, you know, when I was the new kid in Catholic school, whatever, and I didn't get cast in the play and I had to pull the curtain, you know. They, oh, these people don't believe in me, you know, or when I, you know, was in high school and I was a bit of a juvenile delinquent and I got in trouble and I, you know, guidance counselor, dean's office. And then what do you want to do with your list? I said, I want to be an actor. <laughs> oh, go downstairs to Mr. Carucci down in the lunchroom. They're doing a play or whatever. I went down there. They were doing Grease. I got cast as Danny Zucco. Yeah, perfect. I'm on stage for the first time. I'm like, this is, a, you know, standing room only, whatever. But when I, I asked my acting teacher, you know, in school and Brooklyn High School, I said, I want to be an actor. What do I, what do I do? How do I become an actor? And he said, forget about it, kid. Whoa. So my whole life, it was like, people didn't believe in me, didn't believe me. And I was like, I'll prove you wrong. I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. And then, yeah, I came out to Hollywood. I got my own TV series, came back, you know, in a limo to my old high school. And I said, Hey, uh, remember me? <laughs> yeah. Remember what you told me? Well, you can watch me every Saturday night at eight o'clock on Fox. And I got to go to my movie premiere right now. <laughs> yeah. But there was something empty there, right? Because I was doing it to prove other shit to other people wrong, prove them wrong, you know? And, and I found that truly, you know, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. You know, mm -hmm. there was something missing for me and I found what it is and it's being of service. It's yeah. how do I make a difference in somebody else's life? So that's why I opened up my school. And that is my mission is to touch as many people's lives as possible before I leave this planet to take my 35 years of, of experience being in the trenches, knowing, stay away from this, stay away from that. That's a horrible photographer. That's a shitty agent. You know? Like I've been through the trenches. I carved my path to Hollywood. I know how to get to the, the promised land, but I wish there was somebody like me when I came out to Hollywood that could have told me, hey, this is how you do it. Don't do that. And right. now I get to be that, the guide. Right. You know, to, to, to be of service. And it's more, it's more rewarding for me. Like my agent calls me all the time. He says, hey, there's a role. I, I, I turned it down. I, don't know. I, I, got, I got a full roster of actors. I, I'm not canceling my thing. Yes. You know, it, to me, it's more rewarding when my, eight, my, my actors call me up and my phone's blown up. I got an agent. I got that part. I got this. I got that. You know, I, that's all day for me. Yeah. And, and to me, that is truly so rewarding for me because I know I'm making a difference in other people's lives. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and yeah. I see that that's what you're doing. So I think that's yeah. pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. You know? That was a journey for me, for sure. It was 100% of the journey. It was very easy to say, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be at this audition. I don't want to be on set right now. I want to be back. I had to cancel on Steve and John and move their appointment to tomorrow. I wanted to meet with them today. And I was like, oh, I much prefer being with her. You know, there's something a little bit beautifully selfish and unselfish about it too. Actors are like the most fabulous people to work with in the world, I believe, yes. because they're expressive. You get to see their delight and their excitement. They're not afraid to show their emotion or say, I'm afraid of this. And that's such a gift to be a coach where someone is saying, I can tell you how I feel. I understand what my feelings are. That Because I think that's what actors worked on so well is to understand themselves. And so to work with people like that is tremendously rewarding. 
because you get to see the joy on their face. You get to see, you know, when they're stuck, you can read it as much as they. So that part of it is just so empowering to me and, and satisfying to serve at that level where you can see the impact that you're making continuously is, you know, it's a true joy. I, I, and I, I will say it every day, you know, they're, they're 100% my heroes. I think that the, the book needs to be written, what actors can teach the world. And I, I really believe that. Love that. If you could go back to the younger you, I don't know, 15, 16, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. and give yourself some life advice, what would that advice be? Well, a couple of things I'll say. So this is going to be maybe not in line with what we're talking about right now. So 15, 16, I went to the biggest high school in all of Ohio with about 2,700 people. Um, my graduating class was about 800 people. It was, there was one black person, one Asian person, one Jewish person, and we all knew who they were. And there were no gay people. And my high school, since I left, had three people commit suicide because they were gay. And so at that point in my life, I would say to myself, it's going to get better probably. Because I knew that I had found a refuge by being in the theater, but it wasn't only, it was only a refuge because I was around a bunch of girls who thought I was cute and I just happened to be fun and gay at the same time. And I didn't know I was gay, right? They just knew before I did. And so I think that I would probably say it gets better. And then I also would say that this type of community, I would say, you know, it's going to get better. And the other part is the community that you're finding here in the theater is a community of artists. So that would broaden my mind to understand that I do believe that the artists of the world are the Cassandras of the world, that they are changing the world by the way that we speak out first, by the way that we are activists while we are creating our art. And that at that time, you know, it was just fun. Theater was just fun. Acting was just fun. It was just something that was fun to do and freeing. And I think I later discovered what it also does in the world. And so I think I would also say, this isn't frivolous. Just because it's a place where you feel safe doesn't mean it is frivolous. And I think that would have given me a different level of confidence at the time. That's what I'd say. Love that. Own who you are. You're perfect just the way you are. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Just own who you are. Totally. Totally. And and you hit a key word for me, you know, when you're talking about the theater and it was fun, fun, fun. That's what it has to remain is fun. On your journey, there will be the ups and the downs, but you always got to go back to the fun because when you're having fun, those casting directors are having fun. That audience is having fun because you're in play mode. Yes. And and truly, you know, stay in play. You know, I know a lot of actors, they have uh, IMDB page that's got, you know, amazing amount of credits and they're not working anymore. Why? Because they stopped having fun. It became yeah. a job. Oh, I have that audition. Oh, I got to go. I need this. The desperation. I got to pay my mortgage. I need this. The, you know, it, it wasn't play anymore. It was a job. And, and that is a different vibration than coming in and play and fun and shining your light. Or yeah, I need I, this. Yeah. And I think it's so important that people find like what delights them about the work. Cause it's not going to be the same your whole life. And what delights the person next to you in your acting class might not be at all what delights the same thing that gets you excited. Right. So finding the delight in your work, I think is so important that, that, that what you said, that fun, like it's, it's not going to be the same every day, but being your willingness to say, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm tight when it comes to playing the sexuality in the scene today. How weird, like that's like, how curious can you be about your own instrument instead of it being there doing something wrong. Wow. That's weird that I'm being weird in this. Scene. Like, what can I look at? Let's play with that a little bit that you get to just delight in yourself and this continual discovery of who you're being inside of the work, I think is, is vital to having a great career. 
Awesome. Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Thank you so and much for having me. This is a great conversation. I really uh, appreciate it about hearing your background more and more and more too in this episode too. Sharing, sharing your wisdom and knowledge with, with my listeners. And uh, so if anybody wants to, you know, where are you? If they want to social sure. media. Two things. One, they have a great gift for everybody that if, if you have representation and you're thinking about making a change, because I know so many actors who fall into that category of should I stay, should I, should I not? Or if you're an actor who's never gotten representation or you just need new representation, I'm just going to refer all of you to this website. It's called makeagentswantyou.com. I'll just say it again, makeagentswantyou.com. And that's a free training that I put together that helps you reach out to agents, whether or not that is a new agent, or like I said, you're thinking about making a change. It'll bring you a lot of clarity around that as well. Completely free. It's about an hour long. Bring a notebook to it because you're going to be able to want to take a lot of notes and it's on demand. So you can watch it at any time as soon as you register for it. And then the other place to find me, I'm always in my Instagram. It's Brian says that on Instagram. And so I'd be happy to write you back there. As soon as and both of them, you're happy to send me a DM. And if you register for that free training, you're going to get my email address right away. So if you have a specific question that I don't address inside that training, just shoot me an email and I'd be happy to help you out. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Bailey. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Have a beautiful day. You too. All right. All right. right. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.